Hi, hello. Welcome to another episode of Isaiah's Newsstand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. Uh, the date is April 30th, 2022. How the heck are you? Um, for me, uh, let's see, we'll start with some food, actually. We got some treats from work. Uh, they gave us uh, two options, a beef brisket sandwich or a pulled chicken sandwich. Uh, the sides were like potato salad, coleslaw, chips. The other option was like Tex-Mex. So we're we're talking like uh, in this situation, like a burrito bowl or a burrito. Um, the options were like veggie, brisket, or chicken, buffalo chicken. And I will tell you from last year's experience, it was a terrible buffalo chicken, like the worst buffalo chicken I've ever had. So I was very leery. Uh, I started off with the sandwich, and that was pretty good. Uh, didn't disappoint. Got barbecue sauce on it. Um, potato salad was the side. Pretty good. So no complaints. I'm actually a potato salad guy. I also would have tried the coleslaw, but I don't know. I, I felt like it was the safest option. I didn't want to get my heart broke, right? Then I got a bonus ticket from a friend that was lit. So we went and we got the Mexicue. Um, got the brisket burrito. Kind of not worth it, kind of mid, not going to lie, but we ate it. Um, so overall, that was a food corner. Also, I'm breaking down slowly. Uh, my ankles have been busted as hell, um, but uh, we made it through the week, feeling a little better. Uh, and this happens, like, I don't know, three or four times a year. Um, kind of like my colds, get those like three or four times a year. Um, so yeah, been fun. April's been kicking my ass. Um... But yeah, we can get into some news. Um, hopefully, if my computer works, we'll see. <laughs> um, we can start with this op-ed editorial thing. I don't know. Um, the site is TNR. Um, the headline they have here is like the soapbox. But uh, essentially, the title of the article, and this is by Michael A. Cohen. Uh, Lloyd Austin raised the stakes in Ukraine in a risky way. Um, I really just wanted the quote from the kind of situation that happened here, but um, essentially there was a little secret trip planned and executed um, by the Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, uh, the Secretary of Defense, uh, Lloyd Austin. Uh, They took like a little, like they landed in Poland, they took like a train car, it was like all blacked out, the windows were all blacked out. And uh, took like a trip to Kiev, um, saw Zelensky. Uh, they did like a like a touch base kind of situation. Talked about the future, yada yada yada. Left, came back, then did like a presser. Um, which me talking here, I feel like it's weird. Like once again, you can like Boris Johnson did this shit like a couple weeks ago. Like they're fropping around the street talking, and it's like, oh yeah, I just dropped in, you know, yada yada. You don't have to do that in this day and age. It's 2022. You can just do the Zoom calls. You can just keep doing that. Like showing this physical presence is just like the weirdest flex, in my opinion, and very risky. Um, but we'll get to the thing that's actually quote unquote risky from this editorial. Uh, but I do feel like it's just it's more giving the game away. Um, it's uh, Lloyd Austin's quote: um, "We want to see Russia weaken to the degree that it can't do the kind of things." 
that it has done in invading Ukraine. Um, there is the chairman of Joint Chiefs uh, staff, uh, Mark Milley. Um, he went on to say, and this is said this to CNN, uh, that the U.S. wants a free and independent Ukraine, and that it is going to involve a weakened Russia and a strengthened NATO, which is like really big fighting words. Uh, there was also a National Security Council spokesperson that went on to say, we want Ukraine to win. The last one is not too inflammatory. I feel like that's kind of obvious. You wouldn't be supporting them financially in a lot of ways if you, you didn't. But it's it's the comments like that that really give the game away. It's also the whole idea of just like NATO allied places like giving tanks, giving support, training, like lethal aid. It's it's more than just humanitarian aid. It's more than just those things. It's more than just money support. It, it, it really is everything but the troops on the ground and the no-fly zones. Like, we're not doing that. But it just gets to the point where you're like, okay, well, when is it going to be the red line for Russia? And they start saying, okay, if you guys are going to supply these places, this harbor, we're going to start hitting neighboring areas. Um, also, not to mention, we're once again gr- trying to green light, fast track Finland and other places potentially saying, oh, yeah, you're going to you want you want NATO? You want in? OK, OK, OK. Um, it kind of once again kind of angers, flares up the conflict idea. Right. Um, and also for this episode, we're not really going to do too much on the ground in Ukraine. There's not much to really report. Um, you know, still going on in Mariupol, still popping off there, still the Azov style thing, like the steel works place, um, still being besieged, um, but not like fully. Um, but yeah, it just was a weird quote. It was one of those times where it's like, it just feels like you really are kind of just being bold faced about it. And that's kind of creepy and kind of, but you know, it happens, I guess. Um, then we have the story from the AP. Uh, let's see. Russia releases U.S. Marine vet in surprise prisoner exchange. So Trevor Reed was released, I believe, on Wednesday. Um, yeah, Wednesday. Um, essentially, you know, just a quick story because I heard about this a couple weeks ago. And this is my first time hearing about it. And then it just, boom, happens. But Trevor Reed was... Um, he had a girlfriend, it's a long distance thing. Um, he went to visit her for the summer in 2019. They went out, he got like too drunk. Um, they were going to give him a police, a police escort. So they called the police to give him an escort home, which to me as a black man, that's a big red flag. I'm like, Whoa, why did you do that? That's crazy. Um, maybe in other countries and stuff, that's a little bit more casual, what have you, but that's like, uh, no thanks. This is, that's, you're, you're giving me trouble here. I will army crawl, barrel roll my way home. (laughs) Thanks. Um, but so they're giving him the escort, they're talking to him and they asked like, oh, you know, like, are you in the military whatever? And I guess he said, yes, I am. And apparently like everything changed. And then next thing you know, He's being put in jail and it's like an assault charge. And they're saying like, oh, you assaulted us. You like grabbed our wrists or something like that. Um, And this has been something he has disputed the whole time he's been held. Um, But they put him on trial, convicted him of like assault, assaulting a police officer, being like excessively drunk in public. Uh, I think it was like nine years. Um, 
he's been on hunger strike. He's been, you know, fighting, you know, for his innocence and his release. So is his family. Um, they've been making, you know, media pushes. They've been trying to talk to Biden. Um, but I guess there was a trade put in place, an exchange put in place, because he was in a like, really bad shape. Apparently, he had like tuberculosis, potentially had like a broken rib. Uh, he looked really bad. He was in a bad way. So potentially he, he could have died. And so that also kind of accelerated things. Um, you know, that being said, even though this this whole trade did go down, uh, Konstantin Yershenko, who was a Russian pilot, he had been serving 20 years for pre- federal. Uh, he was serving 20 years in federal prison uh, for smuggling cocaine into the U.S., um, I believe they got him in like Libya or Liberia or something like that. And um, he was extradited to the U.S. and, you know, put in prison. So he was traded. I think they did like it was like they flew both of them to Turkey, did the exchange, and then flew them back to their respective countries. Um, That being said, there's still other Russian or there's still other Americans who are held in Russia. And um, also we also have Russian prisoners, too, as well. Um, so it remains to be seen. I know Brittany Griner is a big one. We've covered her, um, on the podcast. Um, I think more like there's going to be like hopefully an update in May about that. Um, I believe he's like set for a trial on that date or something like that to start. Um, also P- Paul Whelan, who was someone that like Trevor Reed himself was advocating for, like we need to get him out. He's still being held. Um, so, um, I believe he has like an espionage situation going on there. So, I mean, it's really intense shit still. It's still sad that these people are being held up. Um, But good to see that at least someone was able to get home. You know, I definitely, when I heard the Trevor Reed thing, I was like, damn, that fucking sucks. Like, who knows if he's ever going to get out of that, you know? And then next thing you know, boom. Um, Let's see. The next article we have, uh, Europe decries blackmail as Russia gets as Russia cuts gas to Poland, Bulgaria. Um, got this from Reuters. Um, essentially, blackmail is kind of a strong word in my opinion. I'm kind of glad that Reuters themselves kind of like make sure that they, it's like a quotation. Um, I believe like the a Bulgarian leader said that. Um, whew, sorry. Uh, but essentially, Gazprom cut Poland and Bulgaria off on Wednesday for, for refusing to repay in ruples, which is essentially the deal. Like, they are supposed to have an account opened up. You're supposed to put your money in there. It converts it. And then, okay, you're good to go. Or they have to just give them ruples straight up, I guess. Um, but essentially, they're like, no, we're paying in ruple Or we're paying in euros the way that the contract states. We're not divvying from that because that's aiding. That's like a hop skip on the sanctions. We're not, we're not powering the ruple. We're not doing it that way. Um, essentially Poland and Bulgaria are both kind of like, okay, that's fine, whatever, because their contract was already set to end at the end of this year. Uh, apparently America has kind of been side-eyeing Europe saying like, you guys shouldn't even be relying on them in the first place. Like they've been on this, uh, even I guess like before the invasion. Um, so I mean, it's kind of like, in my opinion, it's not so much blackmail as much as it is just like a countermeasure. It's a tit for tat. Um, naturally, you know, the bell is kind of t- tolling for 
these countries in the situation. And it's like Russia's like, yeah, no, you have to pay the way we're telling you to. And it remains to be seen about Germany. If they're going to see, you know, if we're going to see the same thing. Because essentially, most likely, it's going to just be like a third party thing where now Germany's just going to give or sell their gas to them. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. Um, also, the U.S. is kind of trying to step up and say, hey, we'll ship you some via like a liquid nitrogen freeze and they put it on a ship and send it to them. But that takes time. Supply chain wise, is also a lot of money. Um, so we'll see what happens there. I believe 10 EU countries have, you know, complied in terms of like opening up the accounts. So we'll see what happens, you know, if they're going to do it or not. Um, like I said, I really don't call this blackmail as much as it's just like, it's a counter sanction, you know, um, as well as the next article, which, um, I got from the insider also, I think via Bloomberg, but I couldn't really get it there. They're like, they paywall me there. It's kind of annoying. <laughs> um, but, uh, Russia will pull out of international space station over economic sanctions. Um, let's see. There's a quote. From Ross Cosmos General Director Dmitry Rognazin. No, butchered that. Uh, the decision has already been made, or has the decision has already been taken already. We're not obliged to talk about it publicly. Um, and he said this on state television. Um, I can say this only in accordance with our obligations. We'll inform our partners about the end of our work on the ISS with the year's notice. Um, so essentially, it's just them saying like, hey, this is our one year and then we're out of here. Um, but um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Um, it is definitely going to leave like a big hole in the roster because this is like a very big U.S. Russia conglomerate effort. Um, other countries are also involved. You know, I believe the international really does mean international. I just don't know how deep it really goes in terms of other people or other countries that can really contribute to the financial level that the U.S., Russia, maybe China have contributed. I'm not sure here. I'm not an expert on this. Um, but essentially, you know, their pullout's a big deal. Um, I remember a few months ago. I I don't know if I covered. I don't think I covered it on the podcast. Or I did if it was like maybe a light reference. Um, but essentially, on Russia state media, they were making a joke like, oh, we're going to leave the American here on the station and he's just going to be on his own. Um, and that was going to be his only ride out. And like, you know, when they all got back home, the American um, astronaut was like, yeah, that was really messed up. That was really like rude, uncalled for, like. That that really would have been terrible. That would have been a terrible situation. Um, so it was definitely like, okay, tensions are high. These sanctions are not making anything better. So, um, you know, th- this kind of made sense, right? That They would be like, okay, we're going to be opting out. Now, granted, it does say in this article at the Insider that they are planning on going through 2030. So, you know, maybe there's going to be other countries that hop in, get more involved. I don't know if we're going to send more people up. I don't know. We'll see. If there's an update, I'll definitely let you know. Um, this is a little bit of old news. I mean, it happened like last Saturday. Everything was pretty much wrapped up. But um, I wanted to cover it. Uh, Emmanuel Macron wins France presidential election. Um 
that's a big deal. I mean, the opponent was Maureen Le Pen. I think I'm getting her name right there. Um, but essentially, she was very right wing. Um, a lot of her policies really were like pro France, which I think was alluring to people, it was like very populist. Um, but then also, some of the things that she was promoting was like an anti hijab policy. So essentially, like you couldn't wear your job in public. Um, she referred to it as an Islamic uniform, like Islamic terrorist uniform. And I'm like, no, it's just, this is what you wear if you practice this religion. It would be like getting on someone from one of their Sunday best to church. And like, you can't wear that in public because you're a terrorist. You're going to blow up something like that's wild. Um, but I mean, her losing is like, obviously good, but at the same time she lost, I think it was like 41 and a half percent. So she's definitely come back as opposed to how it was like the first time they had met and clashed in the first for his first term. Um, Also, this is a big win for Macron because I think this is like the first French leader in 20 years to get reelected. Apparently, that's pretty rare. So, um, you know, also, apparently Macron's a centrist, um, which at first I thought was like, okay, that's kind of cool, right? Like, hopefully he's he's based, but it, it really is that he's just cool right like um he's like more or less pro business um it really kind of seems like in his actual actions and execution he kind of really doesn't he's like tone deaf to the people um he did like a big um like tax on like for ecological reasons um on like diesel so that really was like was sounded cool on paper but then it really affected like people in a rural way who had to travel to the city like, it's this unnecessary tax on their gas. And, like, it started this thing. I think it was called the Yellow Jacket Rebellion. Um, and a lot of people came out and protested. And, you know, things were, like, really, you know, hectic there in that way. And, um, you know, he came back. I think they did some repeals on that or something like to that nature. But it was a bad stain. Also, his focus on the Ukraine situation going to the long table with Putin it kind of looked good internationally, but apparently, like, it wasn't good politically at home. Um, kind of seemed like he really wasn't focused on the things that were going on, especially with inflation. That's really hitting everyone, everywhere. Uh, France is no different. Um, but he definitely, like, made some big statements on the win. He was like, hey, you know, I see you guys. You know, I'm listening. It's our, I'm going to do my best to do my duty to work for you guys as well, not just for people who agree with me. Um, also it was a really kind of a lackluster turnout. Um, people really didn't show up either. Um, but yeah, so that's a lot of the politics. That's a lot of the, the Russia, Ukraine updates I got for you. Um, move on to some page six shit here. Um, I have been kind of keeping up a little bit with the Amber Heard Johnny Depp trial. Um, I got some bumps from the independent, from the guardian and also from the New York Post. Um, nothing as wild in terms of the reveals. Um, apparently, though, what is it? From the ALCU, uh, a person had came up and said, hey, you know, we worked with Amber on her story, like in terms of her situation. Like she talked to us. Um, And then she also had apparently expressed that she was going to donate three and a half million dollars to them. And that's a big donation. Uh, But it came out that she only donated half of that. 
Um, and also allegedly from that half was a hundred thousand or so, I think was from a mysterious donor who was allegedly Elon Musk, who was like a boyfriend love interest, I guess either during the relationship or post, uh, divorce. I'm not sure. Um, but essentially, and then also from Johnny Depp himself, apparently as per an agreement from the divorce settlement. So that was some news that had came up. Um, also, there was a vaping doorman. <laughs> uh, he vaped in the middle of his deposition recording because a lot of these recordings are like via Zoom calls. Um, so he's like, he gets in his car and he's talking and he also is like throughout the whole like recording and asking the question or answering the questions. He's like, you know, saying how frustrated he was and the whole thing, how he had to be involved, how even just the, the actual involvement, he was frustrated. Like they wanted him to come and check on a potential invade, like a B and E, like someone was breaking into their home and he's like ma'am from what you're describing it sounds like there's just a dog and it was literally their own dog like clawing at the door and they thought it was an intruder and they made him come up and check it out and he was just like i didn't want to do it like but i had to um but um also this week this kind of unrelated i heard a little bit more about how he like sliced part of his finger off apparently like the situation kind of happened in terms of uh Amber had thrown one bottle, like completely missed, and it was like the vodka he was drinking. And then he went to go get another bottle, and he poured another glass, and then she took that glass and threw it at him. But the angle of it, I guess, hit him right on the hand, and like a shard cut off part of his finger. So that was pretty wild. That's crazy. Um, more people who are like close to them had kind of came up and talked, kind of said their two cents. Um, it's also even been like, I guess, friends of Amber who have kind of come up and said like, yeah, like we don't really believe the testimony. Um, you know, in all in always, I haven't been like two supers, you know, locked in. Like I said, I hopefully, you know, if you are yourself, you can totally, you know, use some of the the, the sources I have here. Um, overall, I think they are kind of useful. Um, oh yeah, there's also some like little weird side stuff, but not really important. Like he's been drawing little doodles and stuff. There was a, there was a pile of gummy bears with no table, like no nap, like there was on the table, no napkin, no plate, just this there, just raw gummies on the table. I guess he was just kind of eating them. He had a hankering. Um, let's see here. I'm kind of just perusing on the New York post. Um, they do show, oh, also Elon Musk and, um, who else was it? James Franco were set to appear in the trial. Like they were on the list to appear, but both are not going to be coming. (laughs) They're not showing up. Uh, Elon Musk, we'll talk about him in the next episode. Um, just more of an update on the Twitter takeover. That'll be something we're covering. (laughs) Um, but yeah, apparently he was, like I said, a love interest. Also, uh, Franco was a big one. I guess, like, um, they had a movie together. And uh, apparently, according to Depp, and like, I don't know if it was confirmed or not, but it's alleged that, like, it was really, like, they got really real for them. Like, they got hot and heavy, if you will, off screen. Um, but yeah, so, a lot to do. 
Uh, sorry if this episode seems a little bit hurried. I've had some technical difficulties along the way on this one. Um, but yeah, thank you for sticking around. Um, let's see. Patreon.com slash Isaiah News. Uh, any amount you want to contribute helps a lot. Um, $5 will get you the little tier bonus in terms of like Discord access. Also the shout out. Uh, we do those every month. Uh, shout out to Stephanie Renee. You're the best. Thank you. Um, but yeah, all the donations help in terms of like food and mouth, production work, whatever, <laughs> however, you're helping the effort. Um, also on gmail.com, um, I think it's Isaiah1. Uh, that's feedback. <laughs> um, and we got socials too. So um, thanks for sticking around. Like I said, we'll definitely have another episode, more updates, more news. Um, But hopefully I'll see you soon for some more good news. Uh, Bye-bye.